What, you want me to teach you something? You want to learn something? You talking to me? Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mush Talk About Nothing, a show about movies, music, and more, where we continue on our endless journey in search of something to talk about. As always, I'm your host, Grant Ingram, and if you want to interact with us, you can do that by following us on Instagram at Mush Talk About Nothing, by following us on Twitter at MTAN Podcast, by joining our Discord, the link to that's in the description, and by going to our website, that's muchtalkaboutnothing.wordpress.com. We do some articles there and some other fun stuff. Plus, Grant doesn't have a top 10 list of movies because he's lazy and he has like a weird mustache in the picture we have of him on there. Anyway. It's a mustache and it's awesome. Yeah, it, it is and it isn't um, in that order. But you've heard him. You know him. It's Grant Skillen. How you doing, Grant? I'm doing good, but I'm even more excited that we I get to introduce our guest for the show. He was Ethan Collier our friend and a songwriter that's right <laughs> ethan as is a releasing a new ep ethan how are you doing i'm doing good i'm glad to be on the show glad for to... the i think third time now yeah yeah you were the inaugural guest and then you popped in again and now now you're back that's right grant i've been here longer than you rivalry <laughs> yes <laughs> okay <laughs> that's not sure yeah uh, so Ethan you want to tell us a little bit about your, your new EP like the title and that kind of thing yeah so it's called Ghost Town it's uh, it's five tracks and it's not quite as like narrative based as like the last album was um, but the idea is that it's kind of covering just like the last year in songs that I wrote over that time okay that's a uh, yeah that's really I didn't realize that. I, I noticed the transition from like relationship songs on to other songs, but I didn't quite pick up on the like the last year thing. And then it kind of moved into like a worship song based vibe. And um, do you want to talk about how that kind of happened? Is there anything that really happened over the course of the last year that influenced that? Yeah, so I would say the overall message of the EP is just kind of transitioning from one stage of life to another um the title track isn't like necessarily about like a romantic relationship it's more kind of on the idea of as you get older the people that you care about like you kind of go off and do different things and so it's trying to deal with that idea of people that you know having a different life than you do if that makes sense and I, I wrote that actually when I uh, right before the end of fall semester this okay. year because I was starting I was getting a little where I was like we know what's it going to be like when I'm back from being gone for you know four or five months um, and so I just kind of wanted to take that idea and try to extrapolate to understand it better okay that actually yeah now that now that you say that I kind of I can kind of see it in some of the lyrics. Um, Grant, do you have any questions about Ghost Town? I've got a couple more if you don't. But um, I mean, after you said that, it does make sense. Although when I was listening, I thought it was more of a relationship song and thinking back about a relationship, but that does make a lot of sense. Kind of the same thing I was saying, that you, you understand yeah. it now? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about the instrumental piece behind it? Because like, 
I'm a I'm a big fan. I like the kind of almost gamey sounding type thing. Yeah, so that song actually started out as a ballad. It was much slower, or, or it was a little bit slower. Um, that piano that you actually hear right at the beginning is from the demo. Um, but I was trying to figure out how to do the the instrumental right because I found that um, you know my main instruments would be piano and guitar, and you can't do that for every song or else it's really boring. So um, my uh, my the people I worked with on this project, but uh, this song specifically, or this song specifically, there we go, I can talk, um, was my my roommate now, uh, Cooper Carr, and uh, John Divin? No, that's not his last name. John Hagen. I know too many Johns. <laughs> but uh, he kind of listened to the, or Cooper listened to the, the piano melody that comes at the beginning, and he really liked it as kind of an indie pop sound. Mm-hmm. So I gave him the freedom to go and try to explore that a little bit more. And so there's some elements there that are from the original demo, like the piano is still kind of that core element. But most of like the synths and the guitar lines are things that he added in to change the style. And then the percussion is actually uh, John's work. Um, he was a lot of fun to work with on this project. I had to send him the files because of... Uh, the way that our school work, we couldn't go visit each other in our rooms to record. Um, but it was really cool to see how sending off the files and each person that was working on the project, like, would put their own like, stamp on it. Yeah, I can, I can, like, you can tell it's different from some of the other stuff you've released. And, mm-hmm. and so, I, I, and I know you did another song on the the EP with Cooper that um i guess we'll, we'll talk about when we get to it but i, I really like that kind of type thing it's it's really good i like yeah, the instrumentals it. on this ep more than the other one in my opinion not that the other one was bad but i just really liked this one with all the instrumentals yeah it's definitely it's definitely a part of just having done it more now and uh having uh, some other influences in to work on it because like i definitely wouldn't have picked like that kind of peppier indie pop to go with that song because I wrote it kind of more of as like a sad ballad, which I'm really good at writing those, but I need to <laughs> need to wrench out more. Um, yeah. And to be fair, like I, I'm proud of the Crossroads EMC album, but I also didn't know how to quantize things at that time. So. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that means? But... I don't. I don't either. But you can. You can tell. No. <laughs> it worked really well, and I, I really like the way the chorus kind of falls off into that. Uh, instrumental with the indie pop vibe it, it's really good thanks do you do you have anything else you want to say about it before we we play it for the people to hear yeah um a fun little fun fact um and john might get mad at me for this but uh i sent it to him first um and just wanted to see what he wanted to do with it and he actually went in an 80s like pop direction that we didn't end up going with because i didn't think that i could pull it off <laughs> but I mean, he had like he took the synth and it was like that, like that, like the def- definitive '80s sound. Yeah, it's like this is really good, but I don't think it, like I can sing like that. <laughs> wow, I never would have guessed, but it, yeah, I can, I can kind of hear it. Like I is, like, just with what you have, I can hear it with that kind of the dare type. I, I don't know, I, I just embarrass myself, but you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You do that a lot, though. I so. do. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a walking self-embarrassment. But anyway, 
here's the song. If you're on Spotify, if you're not, no song. Ethan, uh, next song on the EP is Golden Days. What was the inspiration behind that? Um, yeah, so that's actually the first song that I wrote of, of the five. Um, and I wrote that during the summer before I went to school. It's not quite as connected as the rest is to like that progression, but I was wanting to branch out more into some synthetic elements in, in the instrumentation. And also I had been listening to a lot of like singer songwriter music at that time, you know, like uh, Phoebe Bridgers or I think people like Julian Baker too as well. But like, I really liked that kind of wit, like r- really honest, but witty um, take on relationships and on like your own part in that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the first line, which is, um, I don't know if this is working, but I felt like I deserved it. Um, it kind of based the whole song off of that line. So it's it's this kind of back and forth between wanting to like hold on to the good things that were in that relationship, but also understanding that it like it can't last, um, and that you know you have a hand in why it couldn't last, um, which really plays well into the idea of moving into a new stage of life and moving forward. Um, I just didn't know that at the time that I wrote it. Um, but I think it's I think it's a good example too of what I found on these last two projects is that in both I didn't really go in with a specific idea or specific narrative in mind to start with, but as I wrote it, um, it ended up kind of fitting into its own narrative, which has been really cool for both of those to kind of see the the bigger picture after I finish writing. Yeah. So so you just kind of go in and just see how it how it takes you and then that's the wow. Well, so far like I haven't tried and like forced my except like the only song that I intentionally knew was going to be on was the final track and that's just cuz it's a, in response to the track before it. But like I I haven't gotten to the point where I'm trying to like fire out songs and trying to write outside of myself too much I'm trying to do that some I do that some on this EP but I'm just kind of letting the songs come with inspiration instead of trying to force it as much and so that's kind of why there hasn't been as much of a predestined you know predestined um, track uh, set now I am after this project I'm going to start I'm starting work on more of a concept album and that that requires more planning but for now it's just kind of been nice to to write some tracks and then just kind of see how it fits they fit together um, almost an intent well i mean i'm writing it but almost unintentionally yeah i mean it's working really well like i never would have guessed you just kind of started and you started the sentence and wanted to find out where it ended to, to kind of paraphrase michael scott there i wanted to try to write like an experience that I wasn't necessarily in or didn't have, but I wanted to try to do it, like kind of imagine the situation and kind of put myself in that mindset to try to understand and then write from it. Um, Probably the biggest influence was like just the singer songwriter stuff I've been listening to at the time to kind of understand that style of writing and then try to go in and make something that kind of fit along that genre. 
Yeah. What was the, like, I had a word in my head. I can't think of it now. Oh, there it is. Was there a specific inspiration for the instrumentals with the song? Or was it just start and then just like the song? <laughs> so the instrumental, um, I at that time I was really trying to to understand like MIDI more because most of the Crossroads album was natural instruments. And a part of why we did that is because we hadn't put good money into recording software. And we realized that if we did cheap MIDI, it wouldn't sound good. But uh, um, it's it's a mixture of, I mean, there's some piano on there, and there's some strings that came from my keyboard as well. But that the main that starting instrumental with like the lower bass and the arpeggiated uh, progression, that main sound is actually a plucked guitar MIDI, even though it doesn't sound like it because I took it and I messed with the settings to try to make it smoother. So it's almost like a keyboard, but it. it it changes, um, but it's like a sound that you wouldn't be able to get get out of the keyboard. Because um, I I realized that if I wanted to do MIDI stuff, and at that time I was working with Ableton, like the light version, I hadn't paid for like real stuff yet. Yeah. So I kind of realized that if it wanted wanted it to sound not super duper cheap, that I would need to figure out how to kind of distort and contort the sounds to make it a little more original. Okay. So, so no weird like '80s pop inspiration stuff. No, not in. for that one. Okay. So, it, I guess before we play this one, is, is there anything else you wanted the people to know about it, or kind of mm-hmm. any other tidbits behind the scenes dramas? I mean, it was <laughs> yeah, dramas. <laughs> argued with myself. Now, this was actually since I wrote this song before I even went to school. Um, the instrumental, like Cooper, still produced it. Um, and mixed it, which is good because I still need to work on getting that down myself. But uh, the instrumental is probably one of it's probably the 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 one song on the album where like all of the instrumental is stuff that I came up with. It's, it's probably the least collaborative of the songs, <laughs> but uh, but I'm still happy with how it turned out. And Cooper did an amazing job mixing it. Yeah, and that that definitely shows through the the mixing did into the final product it's good good to know that this is kind of one that you wrote on your own and it i guess mm-hmm. for a singer-songwriter thing that kind of works well out and I, I did write ghost town all the lyrics on my own that one the instrumental was just more collaborative than i think i've been used to yeah yeah I, i'm just saying like in terms of i don't know it it, it kind of establishes the more kind of down to earth feel like having mm-hmm. written that whole thing instrumental and all on your own well I guess I guess without further ado later, ladies and gentlemen here is Golden Days on Spotify so Ethan for Ties in Your Eyes what what was kind of going through your head as you were writing it What what is the song about like how do you identify it so I would say this song specifically is about just wanting to connect with like people that you love that you see are going through things um and just kind of searching for like that kind of earnest appeal in a way that's not like i can fix it but more than like i'll be there more than anything else um i actually wrote this at kind of an angsty point in my uh freshman year 
Um, but I had kind of, um, I had, uh, something had happened and I'm not going to disclose exactly what it is, but, but something had happened at school that had kind of really disappointed me. And I kind of was really like, um, moody and angsty for about a week or something. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to write a song, but I wanted to try and not write something really, um, angry or really like, um, combative or something that would be an attack. Um, but instead I went, I kind of sat on it to try and get to where I could process it and then write in like a new, and in, in a better way, something that would be more productive and not necessarily detrimental. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, proof that like uh, inspiration is really weird. I actually um, came up with the line uh, "dissolve it in tears" when I I would buy these little like Kool Aid squirt things to go in water, and I was like, "Yo, this this is dissolving in the water." Wait a second. <laughs> um, but uh so as a songwriter is that where you get your inspiration (laughs) (laughs) well it was that one time yes but uh actually this this song was probably the first truly collaborative writing that i did for the ep um and that i i kind of came up with my rough idea and i think i had maybe a couple verses like a chorus um i think parts of the bridge just kind of written i hadn't done any i think i knew what key i wanted it in but that was about it and so uh, cooper and i ended up um getting like getting together and writing the melody and getting the structure and kind of finishing my rough draft now uh for, for people from belmont that are listening we did it outside in one of the pavilions so we weren't breaking any rules <laughs> to do it but uh in fact, the cello that you hear on the track is Cooper playing. Um, and uh, cellos are really awesome. And they really make production value skyrocket. It's great. You find a cellist in your life. <laughs> if, if, you're a, if you're a musician, or should we all just be looking for cellists? Just in all, general, you want a cellist. All of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's solid dating advice, too. If you can find somebody who can play the cello. Play at your heartstrings. That's right. So you had to do it outside. Now, and um, Cooper's also in the background vocal, right? Yes, he, he comes in on the choruses and the bridge. Um, and that actually had to be a separate recording session as well, just because we couldn't record vocals outside, especially not with masks on. <laughs> um, but it was kind of cool to see um, when he sent back the files, like what he chose for harmonies. Um, and I was, I'm personally a big fan of the harmonies on the bridge. I think it's got a really nice swell to it. Um, like I got, I think I got, uh, visibly excited in my dorm room when I, when I heard it, I was like, yes, harmonies, this is great. I wasn't sure at first if that was just you again, but I'm not sure if you could hit a note that high consistently. I definitely <laughs> cannot hit a note that high consistently. It, it was you really... want to give it a try live on the show? <laughs> you know, I I don't have much of a reputation yet, but I would really like to maintain that. So. <laughs> I'll, May, I'll, I don't main, think I will. Maintain your relative anonymity so you yes, don't you don't make the internet as the guy uh, who tried? Yeah. Yeah. 
well, um, do you have anything else you, you want to say about it? Or Grant, do you have any other questions about it? Um, I think you covered everything. At least, I mean, do you think you covered everything? <laughs> yeah, I think for the most part. I didn't think I was going to divulge the, the Kool-Aid part, but I did. Oh, well. <laughs> we can't oh, cut actually, it. There's one more thing. There's actually uh, pretty soon there's going to be a music video for this coming out. Ooh. E. <laughs> that is, or I, Kool-Aid. That's right. It's just uh, me going, oh, yeah. Into, <laughs> into a camera, actually. Is there actually going to be a music video for it? There is. Um, I'm not sure exactly on the date yet, but it will It'll be pretty soon. Awesome. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely keep a lookout and plug that when it, when it happens. Um, I will say I'm looking forward to the, oh, yeah, in the middle of the chorus. <laughs> That's right. The if that's not there, I'm just liking oh, it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, well, I'm not going to dislike it. Uh, that's better. That's that's better, yes. Uh, well, I guess if that's, if that's everything, then um, here it is. And if you're on Apple, I'm sorry, but here's more of us talking. You can, if you're on Apple, you can go find the song now. I would recommend that. That is true. Right, so Ethan, the next song on the EP is With You. Do you want to explain some of the story behind it? Yeah, um, so it, it kind of works in two different ways. One is kind of this, like the song itself, and then the other is kind of in respect to the whole project. Um, and so I'll start with the song itself. Um, I wrote that... Um, at a time where I was really like drained kind of physically, like emotionally, um, just from like stress and social um, responsibilities and all that, you know? Um, Cause I don't know, but if you didn't know this, but 2020 was pretty hard, right? Was <laughs> um, it? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know, right? I'm sure it was really easy for a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, but no, um, that was probably maybe a month and a half, maybe, yeah, around a month or so into second semester. Because um, we didn't have any breaks or we didn't have any, like, downtime. It even snowed about half a foot and we didn't get any, um, like, official days off. So it was just kind of a Official constant, days off. Yeah, right. It was just kind of a constant kind of um, grinding out school and work and all that. Um, and so I was really in, like, a, a really, like, just kind of exhausted place. Um, and this song was different than I think anything else I've written. And that kind of, it, as I wrote it, I realized that it kind of felt like God was like comforting me as I wrote it. And that it's written from the perspective of God to someone else, or in this case, to me. Um, and just that, that idea of like, um, you know, like the the first line is, I know you think that I'm away. This idea of that even though, like, kind of in the moment, it's really hard to always feel God's presence and to always, like, trust that he's with you. Like, when you get past that or when you look kind of beyond just yourself, you can really kind of see where he is and, and see that he, you know, is like he promises that he will be. And so um, most of the song I wrote in just that first night, 
um, I definitely wrote, I want to say it was like the verse, the chorus. Um, and then I, I made, I probably made the mistake of going to sleep before I had gotten all of it down, but I, I kind of wrote it and then I, that, that part, and then I just kind of sat on it. to really trying to finish that idea. And this is another one that I took, uh, and finished out with Cooper on, um, uh, I think he helped me with that second verse and the bridge. Um, and it was really good um, to work with him because he was able to kind of take this idea and this inspiration that I'd been, that I, I think that I'd been giving in that situation and kind of finish out um, what we will, what, like finish out the idea. Um, now on the, on the context of the entire EP itself, it, it kind of takes those first three tracks that are all like the first ones about dealing with like changing, um, like people living their lives like differently than you and kind of the people that you know, at one point kind of branching off and dealing with that kind of change and dealing with golden days, like letting go of that kind of relationship. Um, and even to some degree, tides in your eyes kind of, seeking that earnesty in someone else and trying to like connect with them and the difficulties of that that with you is kind of like the grounding point of that like that comfort with the kind of emotional wear of those first three tracks and so it kind of refocuses and is it's meant very much to be like encouraging um, and i know it was for me personally of like that you know these things happen and you deal with these problems but that like in the midst of that god is there um, and you just kind of have to look around and kind of view beyond just like what's right in front of you to see it i think that's a perspective that is often missed in like modern christian music like the especially the kind of God talking to you specifically is just not usually seen. And I, I really liked it in this song. I do need to give some credit to John as well. He came on and put the nice, the production on there and um, he ended some up 80s using pop. Yeah. Uh, not 80s pop. Well, I said production. He ended up putting the percussion in there, um, which is really good. He used more of a classical set to get achieve that sound. And so he created some nice moments in the instrumentals. And then the production itself, it's the mixture of Cooper and I. Uh, the piano is one of the elements that I added in. Uh, Cooper put cello on there and I really like how that turned out. He actually based it off of a demo that I sent him with uh, the viola, but I had pitched it like way down out of its normal range. Um, and he smartly threw on uh, the cello where it actually is probably meant to be. Um, but what, what was really cool. Um, and I think a part too, of how I kind of felt like this song was very much God speaking to me personally. Um, I think kind of a blessing, I think in the making of this song was that again, we had to record the different parts of, away from each other. This one is the, actually the, one of the last songs we wrote or one of the last songs we finished. So we had all gone back to our respective states. And so we kind of sent it back and forth. 
but even like uh, with the way the percussion is and the way the piano is, none of it actually clashes at any points, even though we didn't actually have the other person's parts there. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Is that is that something that like did you work entirely separately on it or? Not com- not like entirely separate. What ended up happening is Cooper and I worked on kind of the core instrumental with uh, the guitar and the strings. And then we went and John added his percussion in at about the same time I did the piano. But what was kind of cool is that um, there were some distinctive kind of melodic parts in the percussion that he put together but they're always at points where like the piano has kind of finished its, its lines. So like that ends and then the next thing starts and that's the percussion. And then it goes into like the next verse. So kind of, it switches what the focal point is seamlessly. Something that normally you can only really achieve if you're like all there intentionally plotting out the music together. That's, that's just awesome. Well, Grant, do you have any any other questions? I do not. All right, Ethan, are are you, is that all you want to say, or is there? I mean, it seems like an important song to you, so I want to make sure you get to say as much as you want to. Yeah, I think I covered it. Everything. Okay. Well, without further ado, here's with you for you. I see what you did there. Yeah. Hold on. So I guess the the last song on this EP is When You Hear My Call. Um, do you want to kind of go over the the backstory, the, the idea behind it? Yeah, so once I had written, um, once I'd written with you um, and kind of had, had felt that it was more one that was written at me more than the kind of anything else I'd written, you know, written before, I really wanted the final song to be written in response to with you and to kind of correlate exactly with it. And I think when you look at like the overall project too, that's really the only way it could progress from like the first three tracks having like kind of that in the moment, very kind of emotional um, look at, you know, very different aspects of like change and, and relationships and that kind of thing Um, to then kind of get a grounding moment. Like you kind of have to have something, like if anything's gonna come after that, it kind of needs to be in response to that. Um, and at the time, this is the last, I wrote this one, uh, I think right after I got home from the school for the summer. Uh, at the time I had been listening to uh, like every music nerd's uh, favorite artist, which is Jacob Collier. He's not personally my favorite, he's really good, but most of like the hardcore like jazz people I know really like his stuff um, and so I wanted to um, kind of I was kind of inspired by that in the instrumentation a little bit not with like the high microtonal theory that he's doing but um, in trying to um, make something that's very more complex in the intimacy if that makes sense so like the the track itself features just like my vocals the piano and then uh cooper actually layered in some strings at certain points just to kind of fill out the sound bed a little bit but it's the first song where 
like the the point is really it's almost like a live performance in that most of most of it's just the one take um, I mean we had to do like there was a little bit of doctoring just to make sure like the five minute track was all steady but um, yeah but in trying to create something that sonically was a little more complex with less and so uh, that's why um for any like theory nerds listening that's why it starts with a dominant seven chord um instead of like just your regular and not your um it is actually no it's a major seventh chord why it starts with the root that way um because it makes more of like an unstable beginning so that you constantly want to move on to the next chord um but in that, I wanted to create, of course, the response to with you. And that it's more of a, it's kind of, the first verse especially is kind of, like it opens with sometimes I try to fill the hole though I created in my sin. Uh, but every burden takes its toll, so I call to you again. And I feel like that's kind of almost like the thesis of the project itself is like, the first several tracks like dealing with and trying to kind of process these different obstacles and these different um, emotional situations in life. But in reality, like the missing piece is always going to be God and always going to be like relying on him, especially. And that's something I think a lot of people I would hope, but especially myself that I've kind of been learning this past year is a lot about how like, in the midst of the chaos, like the only thing that really does stay the same is God and who God is. And so that's what you can really latch on to. And so um, from there, the, uh, the chorus really is just kind of describing, you know, um, calling out to God and that he, that you can kind of face what life throws at you, you know, when you're calling out to God and you're still like communicating with him and trusting in him. And in the second verse, I wasn't, I kind of struggled with the order of these two verses to begin with, but the second verse is a little bit more like in the moment in that it becomes like the pre-chorus, which is from I'm covered in grace to so cover me in grace. And so it kind of, the first verse is establishing the idea and kind of like the thesis of the project in a way. And then that second verse is, becomes more immediate and like having to do it again and to kind of re-affirm um, and re-establish that need. Because um, I, I do think that it's important. Like you don't, like just because you like rely on God for one thing once, you know, it's just not like, well, you did it and now you're, everything's fine. You know, things are going to continue to change and be challenging. And so that's really, it's kind of a reminder in the structure to continually reach out to God and kind of communicate and respond to the assurance and kind of the, the blessings that he provides. And then I really wanted, I really want to say that like this, the solo part is super symbolic of something but I, I really just wanted, I really wanted to have a solo in there. And I really thought, well, if this song's going to be super almost like live and kind of the intimacy of the, um, the production, then I need to make it like as interesting as I can. 
Um, but I think for me personally, like the, the, the solo section was nice because it's not something that I could have done as well before school. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, I've, I've made it through a year of college and now I can do these things. Um, yeah. But that's not like as symbolic, I think, outside of just me personally. <laughs> I think it I think it adds kind of like the whole song kind of feels like a prayer to me. I think that kind of goes along with the the intimacy of like the live aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that solo kind of really makes that stand out just in having heard it. I don't know. Grant, do you have thoughts or questions? I have thoughts. <laughs> I have this I have like I have a couple notes on this one. Like good notes. Okay, um, I, I like was, at the beginning, like, man, I can't remember like... the exact. <laughs> I had to get ripped the shreds. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the beginning, it just made me think of Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I mean, it's it just helps to show that in our hardest moments we can still go to god and he's there and he will help us and he can take all of our burdens and replace them with his burdens which are nothing definitely yeah um and then all the mentions of grace i really loved romans five twenty is where sin abounds grace abounds all the more we can never out sin god's grace it's always there for us um and then the last thing i have is i love the line every time i go astray you bring me back home makes you think of the prodigal son and how we go astray, but God always brings us back and welcomes us mm-hmm. back home with open arms when we sin against him and rebel against him. Definitely. Yeah. Those are all really good verses. And, I, and if I was selling this as like a vinyl, I could probably put those on the sleeves, but I'm not going that far. Yeah. But Hey, at least your religion song is approved by our resident religion major. That's right. And that's, I think that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. You can, horn. Mm-hmm. you can stick that on a resume. That's right. Can write... Grant Skillen approves of this song. That's right. Can write music in four churches that has at least some scripture. That religion majors approve of. That's right. But only Southern Baptist religion majors. You'd have to test it with the rest of the religion majors. And the Church of Christ might not like your use of instrumentals. You know, I have some Church of Christ fans. Really? Wow. I do. And they're also friends of mine. Well, I guess without further ado, here is the the final the final song. And I'm going to make sure I get the title right. When you hear my call. So Ethan, do you have any like final closing thoughts or shout outs you want to give to like people you worked with or people that influenced you at all or any of that? Yeah. So I first of all I really have been blessed to work with both Cooper and John on this project. I think one of the probably most beneficial parts of uh, going to school where I do, which for those not in the know, it's, it's Belmont, Belmont University. The but Belmont wanna, University. That's right. But uh, but no, I think one of the best parts about um, being at school for music and getting to learn that way is also like finding people that really are passionate about the same things you are and are really putting like wanting music to be their main source of income as well. Um, like for example, on you know Ghost Town, there's it definitely would not have sounded the way that it did 
if it wasn't for like Cooper's production and uh, John's uh, drum percussion on that. Um, so both were definitely a large benefit to this project. Um, and I'm hoping to continue working with them if I can in the future. Um, but yeah, but for both of them, I definitely want to plug some of their stuff. So uh, for Cooper, he has a band called uh, TK Collective. It's kind of like in that soft indie alt-rock kind of vein. Uh, and they just released a song for the summer called uh, Good New... Let me make sure I get this right. Because um, I don't think it's Brand New Day. I believe it's called Good New Day. But they also put out an EP a couple months ago called Off the Edge that is really, really good. Um, I would personally recommend Darling I Do. It's probably my favorite song off of it. And then for John, he recently put out a project with a friend of his called the Vibe Check EP. Um, and uh, it's, def it's definitely really good as well. Um, it's got it's got a good amount of like instrumental focus on it. So there's a lot of really cool per percussion trip tricks. It's very um, uh, obviously it's the main, but it's very vibey. Um, so some of it's some really good kind of chill instrumental music. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, I think kind of reflecting back on this project as a whole, it's definitely been a benefit to kind of find people that have different musical experiences and music and like up backgrounds to work with because it really does expand the sounds that you can explore. Because um, I think a lot of times, especially when you think about other artists, you really do like to believe that they create in a vacuum and like your favorite artist does it all by themselves. Um, but a lot of times you do need other people um, to kind of expand on your own on your own ideas and on your own uh, upbringing. And that's not to say when I worked, uh, when I worked with Crossroads ENC or with my friend Eli that that's not happening too. But one of the reasons why this project is a different sound is because I'm also working with other people. Yeah. Um, and kind of gleaning the experience that way. Ethan, do you have anything else on the records you want to say before we, we jump into the real outro? Um, I don't think so. All right. Grant, outro me, and then I'll I'll finish the outro. All right. Uh, first, we have our very esteemed guest, Ethan Collier. Ethan, would you like to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah. So, um, this most recent project is on like my solo uh, Spotify. So you can find it on you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, pretty much anywhere streaming platforms. You can find it. Um, that's just under Ethan Collier. And then uh, since the search might be a little difficult you can put ethan collier and then ghost town and it should come up then if you want to follow me for more projects you can follow me on instagram at the underscore ethan collier yep and we will um try to link to as many platforms as we can and your instagram just to make it easy so you can find those in the description as well anyway grant keep going all right well if you want to find us you can send an email at much talk nothing at must talk must, nothing. You can send yeah. me an email at much talk about nothing at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at much talk about nothing. We are on Twitter at MTAM Podcast. We have a Discord link in the description. 
We have a website linked in the description, and I believe there's also a place to leave a review or potentially. Something. Yeah. If not, you can find it anywhere but Spotify because Spotify has a tendency to be a pain. But also, depending on which version of this you're listening to, they also give you like cool radio sounding stuff. Um, and as always, thank you, Ethan, for for being our esteemed guest. And for Ethan and Grant, I've been Grant, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.